Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, just wanted to pop on in here to let you know that this episode was recorded way before COVID-19 happened. I postponed releasing this episode due to the fact that we had no idea what was going on and things changed drastically and quickly. I decided to release this episode this week so that you can be inspired on the topic we have here today. But I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there that if anything mentioned doesn't make sense or is just not what you expect at this time, it is because this episode was recorded like back in February or January or something like that. So this episode was held off for a while, but I didn't want to hold out any longer. So here you go with the jolt of inspiration that you need this week. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I am so excited you're here joining us for another Monday morning inspiration, just what SLPs need to get your week going. And I'm so excited because I have a special guest today. I have Kate the Coda. I know that many SLPs love collaborating and working with and even wanting to know just more about how to work with the OTs in your school or whether you're just working with school-aged children in a clinic setting and you don't have access to the OTs. So I'm so excited to talk all about fun and games and things that like overlap between both of us. And so Kate, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi guys, I am Kate. I am in my fifth school year as a CODA. Um, And it really is my dream job. It's actually kind of a second career for me. I started in social work, but it just wasn't a good fit for me. And so I went back to school and now I'm a CODA and loving every minute. 
my husband can't believe that I get paid to play games all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's a very common thing with SLPs as well. We're playing games, but did you realize what we're actually doing here? Exactly. <laughs> and hey, it makes it more interesting. If we have fun, our students have fun as well. So what, right. what age groups do you typically work with? Or are you working with now? Have you experienced working with? I have experience working really preschool through high school, but I would say the bulk of my caseload right now is kindergarten through second. Okay. So pretty much, I guess I would say lower elementary mostly. Okay, great. Um, but it, it, it can really be a mix. You never know. <laughs> hey, hey, I totally, totally yeah. get it. So yeah, so I always like to start off, you know, my SLP coffee talk with an aha moment, a bit of inspiration. I'll start with a story and then I would love to, you to share a story as well. I know that when I first started in the field, I worked in a special preschool and there was a little sensory gym and that's where all the OTs and PTs worked. And I used to always linger there. And I was so fascinated with what they were doing. And it took me like a couple months to be able to go into that room and be like, can I watch? Like, what is going on here? And the, everyone was so welcoming and like, they couldn't believe it took me so long <laughs> to ask. <laughs> and I realized as they were working with my, like the same students that I was, that like, we really should be collaborating more. There's so many things we could be overlapping and doing and teaching each other. Like I was showing the OTs and PTs like, hey, while you're working on these exercises with movement, why don't you pair it with words? And, and they were like, oh, that's such a great idea. And I showed them a game that they might not have learned. And they showed me a game that the students were enjoying that I was able to incorporate it in my speech room. And like so many times I eventually started taking my speech students into the little sensory room. And I was like, this is like a change of scenery. Why not? Why can't I go in there too and do therapy in there as well? And it made me realize it, like you never know unless you ask or you never know unless you put yourself out there and have those like moments where like, wow, like we all are in this together to help these same students. We all have overlapping caseloads. And yeah, like, do you have any of those moments or scenarios where you're like, wow, like OTs, PTs, speech, we all kind of are in that same little bubble. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you said, you know, we all have the same goal of helping our kids, helping the students. I am lucky enough in my district where I get to do monthly groups. I do one group with the PT assistant. We actually just did it yesterday. Oh, wow. um, and then we do a group with OT, speech and social work. Wow. And we go into the cognitively impaired classroom and we run this group. It's just about a half an hour, but we each kind of contribute something to the group. And it's just really cool to see how we pick a theme and we all come together and contribute something from our discipline to contribute towards the group. So it's usually speeches, reading a book, asking the questions. I come in and do a fine motor activity or a craft. And then the social worker comes in and works on some of those interpersonal skills. It's really, really fun. The kids look forward to it. And I like the opportunity to collaborate with the speech therapist and the social worker. And it's really fun. It's a fun dynamic. Yeah, especially because like in your sessions, you might be incorporating books and it's good to know the lingo and the prompting and the routine that the speech therapists are using. And the same goes for the social worker. What, what terminology are they using when they're trying to incorporate more social skills and social emotional learning? And, and I love knowing like, okay, oh, I didn't realize that this student is struggling with cutting paper and, and that there's these adaptive tools. Like 
I might not have even known that unless I put myself out there to find out. We're all so busy so many times yeah, where sure. I love when you have like things like that set up in place where you're forced to collaborate, <laughs> ready yes. to go. <laughs> yes. And it's nice with some of those uh, more challenging students too. You can go to someone in a different discipline and be like, hey, this is what I'm seeing in my sessions. Like, do you have any phrases that you're using that seem to work? Or, you know, like what kind of strategies are you using in your therapy sessions that I could maybe use in mine too, just so that we can kind of all be on the same page? Exactly. Because many times, like we see things in pull out that the teachers aren't even seeing in the classrooms. Yeah. Because they have a whole different routine going on. You know, we're pulling them out and trying to get them to do these skills that are really, really challenging for them. And we're really working their minds and their bodies and what have you. And we're tackling their sensory needs. And it really helps to all work together and and, and not be against each other. I hate to say it. Definitely. (laughs) Yes, I really, really appreciate the collaborations that I have in my district. Can you give an example of maybe like a fun, maybe something you've done recently, like as a collaborative, like maybe an example of a book and craft, like, can you give an example so that people listening can, we just did our Valentine's group earlier this month. And so our speech therapist read the book, I think it was called Love Monster. It was Mm -hmm. a really cute Valentine's book. I just read that book to my daughter. It was so cute. And then um, we had the students decorate Valentine's cookies. So it involved the spreading of the frosting, the picking up of the sprinkles and putting them on, the oral, giving it a taste if they wanted to. And even Um, the requesting different items, I'm sure. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then we also did like a Valentine's poem with um, a handprint in paint. We kind of brought in some of the sensory piece for the kids, but that was a good opportunity to just, you know, kind of push their limits a little bit and give them some sensory play. Oh, that's awesome. So it doesn't take a lot. You have to pick around a theme, pick around a book, work together, think of how you can incorporate a little bit of something from everyone so that you can all learn from each other. It doesn't have to take, like, you probably didn't need an extensive amount of planning time together to get that done either. We usually plan in a couple of emails, like, hey, we all know our theme. Our speech therapist will say, this is the book I've got. Sometimes I take a look at it and pick my fine motor activity based on the book. And we all just kind of quickly throw something together and it ends up being so fun. The kids That's awesome. look forward to it every month. <laughs> That is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, guys. So if you heard that, just pick a book, pick a theme. A quick email can easily collaborate and get this done. Think about how you can incorporate a little group dynamic between the the various disciplines and you can all learn from each other. I love that. And it was what, once a month. It's not every single week. It's not every single day. But it's just something where you can carry over month after month and have even the same routine. Okay, every month it's going to be a different book, a different theme, a different craft. And just change it up a little bit. Just a little slight bit. You never know unless you ask the OTs and BTs and social workers. They might be into it, especially if you're willing to like start it out. So Exactly. Yeah, it's been really fun. That's awesome. Okay. So and I know that another thing that OTs and SLPs love are games. We love incorporating games. We love having fun. One of my favorite games to incorporate in my speech room because it's just easy and cheap is like Crocodile Dentist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. That's a, f- a fun one. I'm always playing Jenga, even Uno in my room. And those all incorporate a lot of like, you know, manipulation and fine motor skills. What are some other sure. fun games that you like to play in your therapy? I actually just did a, I don't know if you've ever heard of Donors Choose, but mm-hmm. I did a project through them this fall and I got like 14 new games and it was wow. like Christmas. It was so fun. 
I got games. I did get Crocodile Dentist. I got Pop-Up Pirate, Pizza Topple, Bugzle, which is a really cool one. It's less of a game, more of a puzzle, but it's got some really great manipulation things in there. I Spy. There's an I Spy game where you have to dig out the pieces. Just box after box from Amazon kept coming to my school. And it was so fun to open them and just see all of these games. It's just something easy to throw into a session. Exactly. Exactly. It is motivating fun. It could be for turn taking. It could be for working on the actual skill itself. It could be for a reward at the end of a session. There's so many ways to incorporate games. I know many SLPs are like, how many games to play? You don't want to be too, like the students are relying on the games, but if it works, it works guys. Uh, And just in case if people aren't familiar, Donor Shoes is a website online where you can like create a project and have people like crowdsource, like fund it. Like so you can either like send the link out to like family and friends on Facebook or like wait for big corporations to donate. So you like say, okay, I would like to uh, create this project where I can have these 14 games purchased for my speech therapy room and you list all the games and like you can buy from different uh, marketplaces. Like one of them is Amazon, like Lakeshore Learning is another one on there and then you just wait to get funded and then it gets sent to you like it's a really great resource i highly recommend it if you if you work in a school i think you have to work in a school but go check it out i will link to donors choose on the show notes and this way people can go learn they can get more resources for their speech room yeah. Another thing that SLPs want to know more about is incorporating more like sensory, what to do with children with sensory difficulties in our speech, how we yeah. can help incorporate your strategies in our mix. <laughs> that is a huge one. Sensory is such a big thing in schools right now. I think we've had probably 200 sensory referrals this school year. It's something that is just nonstop. We've come up with some tools that they would keep in your therapy room and just use them as needed. Some of our favorites are a wiggle seat or a wobble, a wiggle, sorry, a wiggle cushion or a wobble seat, (laughs) (laughs) just something where they can kind of wiggle around, but still work at the table. We also like um, TheraBand kick strap on a chair so they can be kicking their feet under the table, but still pay attention to what they're working on in therapy. Noise canceling headphones because sometimes noises that come from games from out in the hallway are just too much to process. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of filtering some of that noise can help them be more focused in your therapy session. Wow, that's great. Those are great tips because so many times our students they might not even be like diagnosed with that and we just sense yeah. it. So we have to like kind of problem solve by ourselves or with the OTs and don't be afraid to ask those questions and ask the teachers and OTs for these resources. They might have them available for you to borrow, try out, utilize, you know, sure. access. Yep. And then the other area is often we are working on, you know, academic based activities. And so many of our students also have handwriting goals. And handwriting difficulties and, you know, uh, visual perception, which affects, you know, their ability to look back in a story and locate answers. What are some different strategies and tips that we can use in our speech room to tackle those areas? It can be really easy to add handwriting. So, for example, I've been playing a game this week called Frankie's Food Truck Fiasco. It's really cute. It's by Educational Insight. And you spin a spinner, and then you have to pick up a food and the shape that you landed on on the spinner. Anyway, you could have a student maybe write down what food they got. Write down pizza. Write down donut. And maybe you write it first and they copy it. But just super easy ways like that to add in handwriting writing, but it feels fun to them because Mm -hmm. it's going along with the game. 
So it doesn't feel like a chore like handwriting can sometimes. Yes. Like I often find so many of my students, they just av- like will avoid it at all costs. And it's, and it becomes, it takes over the activity in itself. So sometimes I'll be like, okay, like just say the answer or, yeah. and, uh-huh. and, yeah. and, and just finding different ways to make writing a little bit more fun and engaging, make it a competition. I always like to utilize like dry erase boards or fun gel pens or highlighters versus just a plain paper and pencil sometimes. Any way to incorporate making, you know, this way we can tackle those needs because our end goal is for the carryover. If they have something holding themselves back from being able to write, we're not going to see that carryover. So we need to utilize whatever strategies that you guys are expecting in the classroom. We need to be expecting to do them as well. That said, what is your best strategy for SLPs who, you know, have huge caseloads just like you guys do? What's the best way? Like if you, you know, you were speaking out to all the SLPs that you have ever met, like what would you, what would you want from us? Like, you know, here's your preach moment. Like say, like, say like, don't be afraid to ask us questions. What, you know, do you wish SLPs know that like we might not know about your guys' availability and ability to help us? And I can't speak for (laughs) everywhere, of course, but I hope that all the speech therapists in my district know that I am always available to them. I love to collaborate, whether it's just chatting about a student and their progress or maybe some struggles that we're having or ways that we can co-treat. I love to co-treat. I just think it's fun to see a student in a different setting like that. And you can both kind of pitch in and Mm -hmm. bring your expertise and just kind of play off of each other. I do that with PT a lot too. And it may seem like we're quite different, but you know, really we're all working towards the same goal of helping our students succeed. And for me, it's in the school setting. So I love to collaborate. And if if someone wants to (laughs) work with me, I am totally available. All right. Did you hear that, guys? Okay. So don't be afraid to go to the OT. Don't be afraid to go to the PT. Don't be afraid to go to the school counselors and say, hey, I'm seeing X, Y, and Z. I saw, see that the student is receiving your service. I see they have a goal in this. What is something you guys are working on? How can I incorporate what your strategies in my speech therapy room? Don't be afraid to ask. It might just have to be a, a quick email. A hello in the bathroom, like, you know, when you guys are in like the next stall, like whenever you have a chance to <laughs> chat sometimes, like don't be afraid to ask those questions because like we said, it's all about the needs of our students and how we can all work together to have that overall goal, which is success for our students. So thank you, Kate, so much. I, I hope you guys have gotten so many ideas, whether it's just like getting games off of like donors' shoes and some examples. I'm going to look up that Boxel game. And then, you know, even just different ways to incorporate sensory activities and things to help them focus and filter out that noise and make things just not as overwhelming so they can focus on things at hand. And then also when it comes to writing, guys, don't be afraid to try out different strategies, whether it's, you know, using a slam board or, or different line paper. Try to find out what the OTs are utilizing so that it can make your students less overwhelmed and avoid written activities if that is what your goal is requiring to them eventually get to do, which is obviously our goals are typically academically aligned. So most likely you might be getting them to write something. So don't be afraid to ask those questions and incorporate those strategies in your speech room. And then don't be afraid to teach your OTs some strategies on how ways they can take those fun games like Pop the Pirate and teach prepositions and teach turn-taking and teach WH questions and all that fun and describing all at the same exact time because, hey, we all can learn from each other. We're all here for the long haul. So, Kate, where can everyone learn more about you and find out all about your awesome ideas that you share? 
Yeah, I am on Instagram as Kate underscore the underscore Coda. And I've got all of my games on there that I got through Donors Choose. I did several posts on them. So you can see them all up close and personal. See which ones might look good to you. So you can add them to your Amazon cart. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm also on Teachers Pay Teachers as Kate Dakota. And I've just got some printables in there where um, you can work on fine motor or handwriting or pencil control. I have a lot of seasonal stuff that you could just add into your therapy session if you wanted to. Just some fun little extras. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us here on another week of SLP Coffee Talk. And I always like to end my weeks with a joke. So I'm trying to think of a fun one quickly of (laughs) a fun. (laughs) Do you have a fun joke offhand? (laughs) The one I always tell my students is how do you make a tissue dance? (laughs) How do you make a dance? Put a little boogie in it. That is awesome, guys. And my joke this week in my speech therapy room is, what do you call cheese that is not yours? Nacho cheese. I love it. All right, guys. Stay out of trouble. See you next week. This school year is anything but normal. And if you are anything like me, you're finding yourself searching the internet, teachers pay teachers, social media more than ever for answers, inspiration, and guidance during this crazy time. I have found myself learning platforms that I never thought I would need in my professional life as an SLP in the schools. Between Google Classroom, Google Meets, Zoom. I mean, I am hybrid. I am virtual. I am in person. I am everything. And and I bet all of you are somewhere in between or all of the above as well. And if you are like me and looking for inspiration, motivation and want to be surrounded by like-minded SLPs who love what they do but are afraid of burning out during these crazy times, make sure you join us on November 7th for a six-hour PD called the Speech Retreat Recharge. You will learn everything from working on WH questions to working with older speech students without the text to working on AAC virtually and so much more. We have guest speakers and uh, raffle prizes and so much fun that it is a PD unlike any other. So head on over to speechretreat.com, learn more and sign up today. You won't regret it. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.